<laughs> Welcome to Real Horror. I'm me. And I'm me. Yeah. <laughs> we know who we are. We can't remember which one's which. We've been in lockdown too long. Yeah. Life has gone mad. Yeah. Or very samey for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, again, I'm in the office because it's a nice change of scenery. Jack's asleep behind me. Look at little schmoosh. You're right, she blends in with the Star Wars bedding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> what, have you, what have you been doing, watching, listening to? Anything, anything good? Anything new? Me? Yeah. I have been, not a lot, although we do tend to have the All Killer No Filler podcast on when we go to sleep. So as soon as you go up to bed, it's like whack that on. Yeah. So that's that, nice. that or or case file. I like yeah, it's case files. I liked yeah. I mean, there's quite a lot Hollywood crime scene. Uh, my favourite murder. <laughs> I kind of listen to a lot. It's so bad. Like, oh, death. I know, and it, like, it's such a big thing at the minute, like everything like on Netflix, on Prime, on everything, it's like all true crime, murder mysteries, yeah. stuff, and it's like, oh, so much everyone, everyone's go, living through hell, so they're going, what's worse like, than that? Yeah. <laughs> York Ripper died COVID, that was, a, that was a thing that happened. What can we put out there that makes people feel better about their lives? Yeah. Did you see that? The Yorkshire Ripper died of COVID. I did. I did. That's good news. Yeah. I mean, good. Better that, that he's was... around. There's not much point in him being anywhere. Oh, you've got one too. Yeah, it's just a little <laughs> tail cover. Hello, kitten. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just because she knew we would start recording. So she's like, I know, she's like, <laughs> I'm here. The cat, you're not bothered. Um, <laughs> I've been watching The Vow, which is the nine-part Nexium documentary. I have not even heard of this. Oh my god! What is The Vow? Um, it's a nine-part. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a documentary in nine parts about Nexium, Keith Raniere's sex cult thing. Omg! You know, you've heard of it, haven't you? Yeah, but what is it? What is it on? Where are you watching this? This on Sky. Um, it's an HBO thing, so it's been out in America for ages, I think. Oh, really? But, um, yeah, but it's like I don't know if we'd be able to it's tell so it. Disgusting. Like, I mean, I don't. Obviously, you can say this. The thing with cults is that nobody, nobody gets into a cult. They like they get into something they think is doing good and they think, you know, if they think it's a good thing, like a church yeah. or, you know, a community yeah. group or something, and then insidious things start happening. Yeah. And that's definitely what happened here. Already like, I find so it, like the guy very off-putting. Very really? He's disgusting, yeah. And I'll have to very... see. Yeah, I don't know if we'll be able to get it or not, but I'll have to ask Tom. He knows stuff. He does, he does all the like TV stuff. Right? Yeah, Mike does here. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know how to work on one. There's no. apparently another one called Seduction, I think, that is supposed okay. to be there. Um, but there's, 
there's a woman in it that I really feel sorry for called Catherine Oxenberg. I'm going to say. Okay. And her daughter, India Oxenberg, was in the cult and one of the slaves. She was a master and a slave, I think, in DOS, the, the sex element cult thing. Wow. Um, and so she was sort of fighting to get her daughter back. And it was really sad, you know, like you just thought you could really feel her like, because her, her yeah. daughter was basically going, can you leave me alone? Stop trying to get me in trouble. Like, these are my friends. Oh. and. Oh no. Yeah. Um, you just can't I had, on, I had to go like on Twitter and stuff and look her up and just reassure myself that myself that they are actually friends again now. They have got a relationship now. But oh, do they? Yeah. Yeah. Because he's gone to oh. prison for 120 years. Amazing. Um, oh, that must be so. Oh, God. That must be so horrible. You can't imagine that. No. Your own child. Yeah. Yeah. No. My child and future children are not allowed to join cults. <laughs> no cults allowed in this house. <laughs> the Myco cult, which I believe is live and well. That is that is strong. Yeah. It's strong. going strong. Right. So speaking of crimes. That was so smooth. <laughs> That's why I get paid the big books. Yeah, man. <laughs> what are we doing right, well, today? We are talking about Bella Wright today and her her untimely death. Um, and it's also kind of nicknamed the Green Bicycle Bicycle. Oh, I can't talk. The Green Bicycle Mystery. <laughs> the Green Bicycle Mystery. <laughs> well, why, it's the Green Bicycle Mystery. <laughs> Now renamed by Real Horror. <laughs> Maybe that's what the film adaptation will be called. Yeah, because I'm going to call it that now. <laughs> We're definitely going to start making these once we can actually I'm, be in the same room. And we're not. I'm so excited. I know. I heard a thing, but Mike tells me it's rubbish. I heard that um, that they are going to try and vaccinate everyone by April. But it's not going to be like a, it can't be mandatory, you can't, because we're not that kind of country. So it's, No. Sorry. It's just up to people whether they want it, and they're doing it in order of severity of yeah. older people, carers, NHS workers. Yeah, because I heard as well, potentially the first, the early kind of vaccines would just be kind of similar to like a normal flu vaccine where it would only cover you for like six months to a year. So it wouldn't be. That, they might just have to do that. I don't want to get covid but they might just have to do that anyway because it will, yeah. because it's the sort of virus that mutates like the flu. So every year there's a different flu virus that goes around. So every year. Mm. Yeah, that's virus. true. So that's just and maybe it will just and it's yeah just you're right every year um because it it mutates and also the very fact of half well i think as they said the third or quarter quarter or a third of the population are going to decide not to have it because they're worried about it being created too fast or whatever even though it's basically the same as the flu vaccine in terms of procedure and that's why it was made so fast um so, like, they've already done the groundwork for this over the last 20 years. And that's mm. why they were able to do it. And um, Like I said to you off, 
off air. <laughs> it's not air, is it? It's cables. Um, <laughs> the uh, yeah, the people who've made the first vaccine that was ninety percent percent effective, and then somebody else's was ninety two point something percent effective, and then something else. Um, they're the same company that are looking into the sort of the genetic research for the thing my son has for the sort of like um, genetic. Um, what is it called? Uh, oh, I can't remember. There's like a word where. Yeah, you literally said it earlier. To a flipping airhead, like overnight. Um, yeah, anyway, that. Um, so they're like a sort of well established, they also created Viagra. Did they? Hmm. The more you know. So you can trust them, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just looking at the screen. I've just got a cat over my shoulder. It's approving. Um, <laughs> so she's got a patch under her. So it looks like she's going. Yeah, it does. A little white chin. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, when we can be back in the same room, vaccinated, unvaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. Like aliens. When COVID is gone. Yes. Then we're going to start making these. Oh, I'm so excited. I was looking back through because I've all of the notes that I make for our podcast all go in one book. So I was looking back and I was like, oh my gosh, we've done so many, like already. It doesn't feel like it. So, yeah. I know. I forget about them sometimes. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I remembered the Blackburn cult this week. Did you? Yeah, some that's of, interesting. Some that I mean, jogged your memory. Can't remember what it was. Um, yeah, so today we're doing the green bicycle mystery or the green bicycle mystery <laughs> of Annie Bella Wright. Yeah. So, do you want to set the scene? Where are we? Where are the where there? Where are we? See, it's not just me. When are we? Uh, so we are Lustershire. Um, we're nineteen nineteen. So pretty much bang on 100 years ago um so it's just um at the end of world war one so it's peacetime um and sort of socially at that time the world was changing really really quickly because we had that was around the time that the suffragette movement was making starting to make changes um obviously the men had been enlisted to fight in first world war so then women had then had to step up they'd previously been in a lot of like service jobs um uh, whereas now all of the men going to war, they're now having to step up to the jobs that were obviously traditionally then taken by men. Um, and then obviously once uh, men had come back from war, the whole kind of landscape of um, of the country was changing. Um, and it kind of meant that um, once they, the servicemen had been um, demobilised, they were then having to spread much more around the country in search of work or uh, somewhere to live. Um, so it did create a little bit of unrest really because you had these small kind of communities and villages that then all of a sudden you've got all these new faces in and yeah. it did yeah. have people a little bit tense and obviously with the changing times, I mean, these men had gone away um, at a time when the world was an incredibly different place in those four years um, to when they came back. So it was, yeah, interesting kind of unsettled times I guess and a lot of mental illness from uh, yeah, everybody yeah. Involved that you were supposed yeah. to keep bottled up because there was a obviously you were supposed to shut up and get on with it during the war which makes mm. sense mm. 
Yeah, and like you're saying, a lot of people coming back with PTSD, which obviously at the time was being uh, dubbed shell shock. Um, so, I mean, that among a whole plethora of other... Or cowardice, yeah. I think, in some bits of the First World War. They just shot you yeah. in that. Yeah, um, horrendous. So, yeah, not, not the most compassionate of times. Um, so we're in a little village in Leicestershire in July-ish of... Beginning of July, yeah. Yeah. Um, and Annie Bella Wright, who's just known as Bella, who is 21 and either, depending on who you believe, either engaged to or just vaguely knows... <laughs> And yeah, <laughs> a Royal Naval uh, stoker called Archie. So she's sort of, she's maybe not engaged. There was some people, yeah, I think her uncle said or her mum said or something that she wasn't actually engaged to him, but um, but yeah. that she was kind of spoken for. So she was sort of waiting for him to come home, I guess. Um, had a job in a factory, which is like you were saying, a fairly new thing for women to have before mm. that service. Because she herself was. Uh, a parlour maid before sort of the early years of the war because she was only sort of 16 when war broke out wasn't she and then yeah and then as the war went on she started working in factories so yeah uh apparently quite popular with the with the lads in the was she yeah quite a pretty fella like she wasn't i mean she wasn't doing anything to provoke it as far as i know she just, uh, she was just hot. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so she was quite, quite popular. Everything kind of going for her. And she took off one day. I think she was going to the post office originally and thought mm. he was out. She'd go and visit her uncle George because her cousins were staying there with their new baby. Yeah. So it was a bit of a, it was a day off. So it was a bit of an excuse. Don't see the fam. Yeah. So then what? Uh, so so this is fifth of July now. Um, she cycled off, um, sorted all her posts at post office, um, and carried on. And en route, um, she kind of met up with a guy who she said was asking for directions, um, and they ended up cycling together and sort of making small talk um, on the way to uh, what was the village called? Golby. 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 I did not have that written where I thought I did. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> they end up going um, to Golby, Golby together, and um, she meets up with her family. Um, but she's kind of staying in the house for that sort of evening. Um, and this guy that she'd kind of met up with and had kind of chatted to on the way that she didn't really know at all was still kind of hanging around outside the front of the house um so the the uncle had a delivery of like groceries or something that evening so he went out and kind of said to the grocery driver oh is he anything to do with you like you know and he was like no not not a clue um so this is kind of a bit kind of weird and um when the uncle mentioned it to bella and sort of said this this lad's still outside um apparently she then mentioned well I'll, you know, I'll stay a bit longer so she was obviously not massively comfortable about the thought of going back out there again and being on her own I feel like we've all been there in our early 20s 
like yeah. yeah where someone's just been like oh I'll walk you home or to the bus stop or and you're like yeah. no no really no really I, I literally feel safer without you <laughs> I'd feel safer walking over spikes <laughs> covered in a tiger den covered yeah. in meat juice please literally yeah please just no yeah um, not difficult yeah it? so she said um so her bike had broken hadn't it on the way to Golby like she yeah the dead. wheel had done something and um and apparently he he was help he helped her fix her bike or something oh, that was his excuse for riding her to Golby because he was worried that her bike would break but her uncle I think checked it over before she set off out again mm. um and it was okay so he he's it seemed like he'd gone so she set off back out and as she did he crested the hill and was like oh fancy seeing you here that is so creepy mm. like could you imagine yeah like I say I feel like there was a guy who I hope and I hope he doesn't watch this or listen just just keep it anon it's fine <laughs> but um who um wanted to be my friend when I was about I don't know 15 or 16 maybe and he had a car he's older um which this guy was I think the, the descriptions of him were sort of late 30s wasn't it but um this guy was sort of maybe in his mid-20s I was a teenager and he would sit outside my house in his car ringing my house phone um and you know sometimes come to the door and alternately look through our front window and the and you could see straight down my hall Joking. glass so I'd have to sort of stand in the doorway of between my hall and my living room until he went away because he would just look from side to side so I couldn't go anywhere else and then alternately like go back home to his house and ring my house phone because that was before mobile phones <laughs> <laughs> um and he yeah that I found I was he was like oh I just want to I wanted to drive a new, you know, you go if you're going to town today. I wanted to drive you to town or whatever. And I was like, I'm good. Like, so unnecessary. No. And then he started hanging around bars that I went to, and he didn't like any of that kind of music. And then he started being like, like separately friends with a load of people. And then he lost interest. So I was like, well, at least there's that. But get out of my pubs and stuff. <laughs> Why are you here? Um, oh my so god! I and I feel like there's like everyone has like, yeah, that that experience where, where someone yeah. goes, no, it's really it's fine. I'll sit with you or I'll walk with you or whatever. Yeah. Like, and it's like, Please. no, this this is really uncomfortable and really creepy and no. Yeah. I was listening to another podcast about how many like young women and men do we think are murdered just because they've been polite because like someone's gone. Oh, let me yeah. walk you to this place and you've kind of gone oh okay to not seem rude and then they've yeah. murdered you to death murdered you to death the worst way to die that's horrendous there's this Twitter thing as well about like if a woman comes up to you when you're on a night out um, if a woman comes up to you and starts pretending to be your best mate either she's in danger or you are yeah like yeah. so go along with it like either she's She's running from someone. She's stressed she's, and or, being followed. Yeah. It's something you haven't. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. And it's so, but it's so like, I don't think, 
it's so second nature as well because the minute you're kind of like when I was reading through this and the uncle said oh the guy's still there and she mentioned oh well I'll leave later then like you wouldn't even think about it it's like yeah of course you would of course you wouldn't go out yeah yeah and then if you break that down and go well why wouldn't you go out and it's like because your worst case scenario in your head is going I'm gonna end up dead yeah like at least yeah and that's just your normal that's just your thought process every single time like jeez especially I think I think maybe the older you get, the better that gets, because you think, because you're less inclined to be polite as well, and you're less Mm. of a target for, like, creepy old guys. Like, I'm in my late 30s, nobody cares now. But when I was a sort of idiot teenager, they were like, well, she looks like an idiot teenager, she'll probably do anything. Like, if we just, and and I was like, I think we're all trained to be polite, like, Mm. from, from a young age, like, don't don't be rude to people like you know yeah which is why men get not all hashtag not all men and it's not all there's not always just men but um it's why they there's that sort of lash out if you if you yeah if you're not polite to them there's suddenly like a who do you think you are like like what yeah. why do you have to be polite to every person and that's i think yeah. that's how i live now i'm not polite to anyone Oh, you're my hero. <laughs> I don't think that is true. Maybe. I don't know. <clears throat> but yeah, I, I don't like strangers who are rude to me. I'm not, I'm not polite to. No. I don't care. And I just don't engage. And then it doesn't matter, does it? People who message me at like two in the morning who I don't know. Not happening. Yeah. Yeah. Probably not going to. Probably not going to be a positive response to that. No, it's not. <laughs> anyway, she's off. So, yeah. She's she off goes back in, heading back home. Yeah, because, yeah, like you say, he appears and um, it's kind of at that point where it's like, what can you do now? Yeah. I mean, what she should have done was... No, you shouldn't say what she should have done. No, because then that puts the blame on her. Yeah, which is not right at all. Like, how um, dare not, she not how I mean it. ruin this? But I guess in an ideal world, you would feel comfortable enough to say, I don't want to ride with you, mate. Please go yeah. away. Or, you know, your, yeah. your uncle ride back with you or something. But, I mean, I guess you just think, oh, I'll just do my best to get home alive. But she didn't. She did that half an hour later. Uh, she was found dead. Yeah. So yeah. Joseph, 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 somebody haven't written down. He's a farmer. His cattle. Yeah. Okay. Cornwell, Joseph Cornwell, the farmer. And he was driving his kettle. Kettle. He's got. He had a. Oh, really talking is so good today. He's driving his kettle. Driving his kettle, like, which doubled up as a tractor. Because in those days, you needed to make do with what you had. So you boiled your tea. <laughs> and then the <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, He was driving his cattle. Yes. spotted a discarded bike by the side of the road. And on closer inspection, he also found a discarded bloodied up girl yeah um which is 
pretty horrible. Um, yeah. So he obviously cleared the bike from the road um, and went and grabbed his cart so that he could put her body in the cart and um, inform the police. Um, and obviously by this time now, because obviously she saw her family in the evening, like six, seven o'clock, by the time he's found her and informed the police, we're now like 10, half 10 at night by the time the police are there. So it's getting dark um, and they can't do a proper assessment on the body. So they take it to, a, I think it's a disused chapel um, yeah. to sort of have a look um, and see what they can kind of work out from her. Because there's just, there's nothing around really. It's just a girl laying on the floor. She's got blood sort of on her nose and face and mouth. And they kind of thought well, maybe she's had a hemorrhage and, and yeah. um, and that was kind of how they left it that night was that she's hemorrhaged and or yeah or had an unfortunate accident and um and passed away um but it wasn't until the next day obviously mum realizes she hasn't come home and obviously lets people know um that they kind of go back to the scene um, and I think it was the, no, it was the PC Hall, the detective that was there. Um, he was kind of looking around the mud and looking around trying to find just anything. And he found um, a spent bullet in the mud. And so it's like, oh, okay, this is a bit weird. And then found, weirdly, did you read about this? The um, bloodied fur, bird footprints. Yeah, and like, dead bird. And a dead crow, yeah, randomly, which is like a bit weird. Um, well, they so, thought at first the crow had been eating her and choked. Yeah, like gorging on blood and stuff. Ooh. But that seems quite quick for that to have happened. But I mean, yeah, they do do it quite quick. Um, yeah, yeah, so... so they then go back and inspect the body again and being able to clean her up and stuff, they find that there is actually a bullet entry wound just below her eye and an exit wound at the back of her head. So she has been shot in the face at that kind of a angle. That is really good. Yeah? Yeah. Should that be a forensic thing? Yes, please. So now it's being treated as a murder. They speak to Uncle George, who she's was hanging out with before she broke Yeah, and he mentions Green Bike Guy. I forgot to mention he had a green bike. He had a very special. Yeah, that's right. Because um, before they left, Jim was kind of trying to Jim being sorry the cousin who she went to see yeah. had had the baby. Her husband. Um, he kind of questioned this guy a bit to kind of try and work out who he was. And yeah, he'd had this bike like especially painted pea green and it was a limited something or other. It was all very posh. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, so it, was, it was a remarkable bike mm. for whatever reason. Um, well, because it was green. It seems to be just because it was green. But anyway. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, so um, so the guy on the green bike was mentioned as the last person seen with her. So a load of posters go out. Have you seen this man? Um, 
and they contacted a local repair shop didn't they bike repair shop and the guy in there recognized the bike because like you're saying because of the color um he was saying yep yeah, i definitely remember this bike the poster that you had the description of the guy on it fits exactly the name the guy um but the guy that had his bike repaired a week ago with the repair shop didn't leave a name or anything so there was then nothing to go on. Do you remember he lived closer to London? Yeah, they, he, he was visiting family in Leicester but um, but lived closer to London which is why they got Scotland Yard involved which is always you know good because they've got more mm. police, sergeant policeymans as they're known. Um, so basically, yeah. yeah, posters are going out. Anyone who's got a green bike is being arrested and <laughs> and checked on or or attacked by vigilante people um, because it's just sort of so horrific for a for a sort of young girl to get shot shot like this, like mm. um, left at the side of the road for dead. And the other thing that repair shop man said, saying about him living in London. He said he'd also mentioned that he'd recently been demobilised, so he had obviously been fighting in the war, so potentially could have been carrying a firearm because that was very common yeah, um, yeah. in that time. The guy, the guys would come back from war and they would still have their firearm and own it. So Yeah. Um, so, yeah, basically there was like a manhunt going out for this guy, um, but nobody nobody came forward nobody said anything they had this thing from the like you say the bike repair shop so they had the sort of london-ish connection um but they yeah they didn't have any more leads and it kind of went a bit cold mm. i yeah i mean it like literally to the end of that year then wasn't it it was yeah february was the next thing that happened i think yeah so in february of 20 so we're now in 2020 no, we're not. We're in 1920. We're 1920. No, we are now in 2020. Oh, okay. You're so that. that was such a quick save. Get away with that. Yeah. But then we were in 1920. Hey. I'm doing Charleston. Roaring 20s. I love it. Little flapper girl. Aye. Can you imagine? I've been called worse than a flapper. <laughs> Um, Enoch, I think this guy's pal, unless Enoch Powell is someone famous. The guy White House. White House. Yeah, Enoch Powell's more famous. Um, <laughs> he was guided a car, like we've both gone nuts, sorry. Right. This is just the inner workings of our mind now. Um, he was guiding a canal boat um, down the river towards the factory, weirdly enough, that Bella used to work at, mm. shot in the face. Um, when his tow rope um, snagged on something and he pulled it and up came ba, ba, ba. a green spooky bike, <laughs> which I think he left there and then came back the next day because he was running, yeah. short, running short on time. Um, yeah, I think he had a job on so he couldn't kind of grab it so he made a note. was like, oh, on. this murder investigating all the this. <laughs> no, it could wait another day. <laughs> So but, yeah, uh, he came back, but there was a reward. I think that was why. Do you know so what? Like, it really sounded like that was why he went back. For yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, he would have been like, whatever. Um, 
So yeah, he um, he pulled it up, got it onto land, took it to the police station, and they were like, "Yes, this is the." I think they got they got that. He was called Cox, I think, huh? the repair shop guy. Was he Harry Cox? That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah and so and he was like yes we think that's the bike so they should be naughty hadn't he mr bike owner he'd shaved off the serial number yeah and the brand of the bike in fact the what and the brand of the bike he'd (gasps) well i didn't know he did that as well yeah cheeky little I know. It's almost like he's trying to get away with murder. Um, so, but people who know anything about custom bikes, which obviously I do know loads. Um, I thought you did. Um, you look like you did, eh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm an avid uh, bikist. No, what did you call Bike? <laughs> no, what did I say earlier? And the, the green bicycle. Bicycle. I think I'm I said bike. I'm a bicalisms enthusiast. <laughs> Bical enthusiast. Um, yeah, um, they know that that with custom ones they usually put serial numbers all over the place. So they took it apart and found that there was another serial number underneath the handlebar, <gasps> which was six digits of which I don't know what they were. No, I didn't bother writing that down because I no. thought ah, it's really important. <laughs> it does. Maybe we should have. No, it doesn't. I don't think it does feel important. Okay, that's good then. It's just, you know, good. They found it. So they traced that to a bike shop. Can't remember where the bike shop was, but it was kind of a little family-run bike shop. Yeah, well, because it it went to, it was something brothers. Awesome Brothers, I think it was. Um, awesome. They kind of, Orson. Oh, okay. But awesome Brothers. It's like, wait, let's yeah so yeah they they did really really well because it was a little family run shop like you were saying and the police were kind of like if their records aren't great then this is just going to be useless um but yeah they traced it back and it was sold for 13 pounds and 13 shillings um to a man called ronald light and he had given two addresses none of which were current which of course like the way this case is going of course neither, it's not going to be easy. neither of which were current um and so they traced sort of rental agreement to rental agreement back back traced him mm. and found him teaching at a school in cheltenham a very private posh nice school as well wasn't yeah, it i think he was a very private posh person a private schooly oh. type well <laughs> well, well I know what you will um yeah so they found this Ronald Light um and so obviously the police questioned him and he said no never owned a bike never never owned it and then relatively quickly his story changed to oh yeah well, I think I bought it but no I sold it on like within the year yeah never um, called me don't know who Bella Wright is never heard of her no never been there uh, yeah so then they had a couple of lineups. <laughs> yes, they took in um, Harry Cox um, and, <laughs> and lined 
uh, Ronald light up with other guys and pretty much immediately um, the bike repair man um, had picked him out. Yeah. Without... As did, as did Uncle George. Yes. As did another witness who said they saw him throwing the bike in the canal. <gasps> I did not know that. Yeah. So we've Traumas. got... Then, I think after his arrest, two girls came forward and yeah. said that they'd been accosted on that date uh, by a man who was trying to separate them. Mm. Um, he wanted and, to go um, for like a bike ride with one of them or something? Them, yeah, and they'd gone, no, like, you know, we're staying together, very sensibly. Um, and they That's also ID'd him. Yeah in the lineup so but also he was like i need to shave i need to shave why don't you let me shave and basically because he'd had a beard every time he'd seen all of those other people and he wanted to shave his beard off to try and be like less you know whatever the word is i'm trying to think of but yeah it's just like what a cheeky little sod I feel like you've made up your mind about Ronald Light. I so have, like the second I saw him. Do you know what? I hadn't until, well, we'll get onto that, until the sort of bits about him as a person, mm. I think. Anyway. Should we get on? Do you want to get onto that? Or do you well, we got... Oh, well, just the one other thing before we do um, was the, they then, after he'd been arrested, they dredged the canal a bit more and they found more bits of the bike. Um, and they found a empty pistol holster, which was designated to him. So it was Ronald Light's army issue pistol holder. And it also had um, cartridges of the same bullet yeah. that was found at the scene of the crime. Yeah. So it's kind of, I mean, things are starting to add up. I'm not going to lie. I, I, you know, I've made up my mind. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. hang in, hang in. Um, so, yeah, so looking into Ronald Light's past a little bit, um, mm. he was expelled from school for the offence of pulling a girl's skirt up over her head at the age of 17, um, mm. although it's likely because he was of... of well-to-do stock um, and it was a well-to-do school the likelihood is that it was something a bit worse than that yeah that it was very much downplayed yeah um so that's not good is it no it's not and this is where i'm going to get on my soapbox and say that this is where that boys will be boys stuff is just a massive failure to boys because it's basically this is what happens, guys. Like it goes from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, and before you know it, full-blown murder is what I've decided. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. So before the murder, he uh, <laughs> he gets an apprenticeship, doesn't he, as a engineer? Is he a civil engineer? Uh, yes. Yeah. And then he becomes an engineer's assistant, um, and in sort of nineteen fifteen, he. Oh no, no, before that, yeah, then he becomes the engineer assistant, but then something else happens because he gets dismissed from there. Yeah, um, 
under because, a cloud. Yeah, because he sets a storeroom on fire and like graffitis stuff. Yeah, arson is another. That's another warning sign. People messing around with fire is kind of a bit of a sign they're a psychopath. Oh really? Yeah, because it's so destructive, and most <laughs> normal people don't want to get involved with out of control fire. I do not like this man. <laughs> uh, and then he he enlisted, um, but was sent home because he couldn't obey orders. Yeah, basically, he lacked initiative after like 10 weeks and was sent home because of it. Yeah. Like, and he was probably, because he was sort of, sort of posher stock, he was probably placed into a higher position than you've sort of average kind of operation mm. human shield kind of shoulder shoulder sold oh my goodness that's that's a thing from my childhood i used to call eggs really uh, eggs and toasted soldiers i used to call them eggs and toasted eggs and shoulders. oh you're so cute <laughs> and i, I also that. couldn't say the name and i still have to think about it the name dominic i would say donomic that if if i were to say oh. it I'd yeah. say Donimo or Donimic. And I get my M and the N the wrong way around. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, that's an, an annoyingly easy one to slip into. Anyway, um, yeah, his, he was not a normal soldier. And then he came home and then he re-enlisted. Um, but he, they, they kept getting sort of called up, but then stood down. Like literally at the last minute. Because the arm, the army needed as many men as they could get, um, and then it transpired he'd been writing the orders, sort of to stand them down, sort of for, fraudulently. So he went to prison for that. Yeah, he also had to go and fight. Yeah, he was supposed to go for a year and then ended up like leaving after like four months or something, didn't he? Because yes. they actually needed more men. <laughs> Um, he went deaf, didn't he? Or they said he said he did. In the end, yeah. Um, towards the end of the war, they said yeah. And whilst he was convalescing, the war ended. So he sort of got out of all of that quite well. Yeah. Like, but also sounds like a bit of a liar. And a... yeah, I just would not trust him. No. And the fact that from saying oh I never owned a bike to oh I might have owned it ages ago yeah um, but yeah. I felt like even just that first initial change of story it's like yeah nah I don't believe anything you said now so, <laughs> I'm not very trusting no well fair enough um so three months after his arrest so we're now in sort of June 1920 mm -hmm. is trial um and he pleads not guilty but he's changed yeah. the story again now. Yeah. And also, while he's on trial, he's got, because obviously, like you say, he's from a very wealthy family. He's got, like, the best lawyer, defence lawyer that money can buy. Um, and apparently this guy, um, Sir Edward Marshall Hall, um, was nicknamed the Great Defender um, and was apparently, like, literally the best of his time. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah. here we go. Not much changes there, I think. That's... It just doesn't. It's like, just... Yeah. 
and there was definitely a class thing. Bella mm. Wright was of a lower class. She was a yeah former chambermaid, now a factory worker. She was marrying a stoker in the navy, or maybe not marrying. Maybe maybe she'd just seen him once. We don't know. Getting engaged was very easy back then. I think you just had to go. And that was it. You were engaged. Okay, boom, done. <laughs> you only had to shake hands to get pregnant then. Not of all you the had to you have to do now. You only had to shake hands to get pregnant. <laughs> now, I'm not even telling you what you have to do now. It's disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> so now he's at trial and the defence start mentioning the fact that he's a massive liar and that he's lied about all this stuff. No, the prosecution say that. The defence definitely does. I was going to say, I was like, this sounds weird for the, the defence to be what saying. What a silly defensey man. <laughs> he's the best, you say. Best of his time. My client My is bottom. <laughs> um, so, and the defence say, oh no, he was just, he was just stressed out and worried and all of this stuff. Actually, he does admit that he owned the bike. He does admit that he owns um, a that that's his pistol holster. He admits that he met Bella that day and he was the guy who rode her to and from Goldie. All of a sudden. So all of that is now true. So everyone's like, mm -hmm. okay, so you're kind of guilty then. You're the last person to have seen her. Yeah. And on top of that, their um, family servant um, a lady called Mrs Webb said that he would go on his bike every single day until that date of the murder and then it just kind of the bike went into storage mm -hmm. um, and then after December she never saw it which was presumably when he chucked it in the river in the canal sorry so it's like um, and that he got home very late that night yeah it's like well something's not right here is it no I don't think things are right but like we say he had a really good lawyer. Um, and the first thing that I think his lawyer did was tear down those two girls who said that they'd seen him. Yeah, so he was kind of trying to say because um, Ronald's, uh, Ronald Light's picture had been in the newspaper and, and his crime and everything, and he said, oh, so this only happened, you know, you didn't come and identify him till after you'd seen him in the paper, have you? So his, his face is probably in your mind. So actually, this is a load of rubbish. You didn't identify him correctly. You just saw him in the paper and then saw him again and thought, you know, this must be the guy. Um, yeah, and the, the police had given them dates um, and coached them a little bit. So mm -hmm. he sort of painted them from being sort of two innocent, scared girls to cut sort of two troublemakers who wanted some headlines yeah and literally just it was thrown out the court within minutes yes, the judge told the jury to disregard that so that's the first thing um so then i think he put ronald light on the stand after that who gave his version of the events of that day which was that he had met Bella on her way to Galby, uh, that she'd her bike had, the front wheel had come loose. They'd sort of tried to fix it, but they didn't have the right tools. So 
he'd ridden her to her uncle's to make sure she got there safely. And then he'd rode off to go home. But then he'd had a puncture. So he tried mm -hmm. to repair it. Um, by the time he'd finished repairing it, he thought, oh, maybe, maybe she's about. Um, rode back and it just so happened, just coincidentally. Mm. As he came riding back just to see if she were about, that's when she was leaving her uncle's. Mm. So. Yeah. And then the two of them sort of rode off and they got to a fork in the road and um, basically separated ways. He said, well, I'm going back Leicester way. And she said, that's not where I'm headed. Um, so he said, well, that's, you know, I'll have to leave you here, you know, bye kind of thing. And that was that. And he was still having trouble with his bike, which made him late home. Which is weird because if you think like, so if he was having to push his bike, they would be going much slower. And the fact that she was found dead half an hour after they left the house, yeah, that must have been pretty quick for them to get as far as that, then to split ways and him not to hear like a gunshot or anything and go yeah. running back yeah. knowing what's going on. But, you know... Maybe I'm just being cynical. Maybe you're going to be suspicious about this guy. <laughs> I've written good timing, actually. <laughs> he just popped back just to say, oh, there you are. Yeah, impeccable timing. Um, yeah, so he walked home with his flat tyre. Um, and then the next day he read about the murder he knew that he was the prime suspect that they're all talking about. He freaked out um, and he, his mum was also suffering from an illness at the time. So he didn't want to stress her out more by being arrested for murder. Um, so he didn't come forward. He lay low. He didn't go back out on the bike. Um, and then he discarded the bike. He broke the bike up, discarded the bike and the pistol holder months later he he says that he didn't have the pistol he just had the pistol holder but he didn't bring the pistol back from the war yeah he was saying that that ended up um when he was in the hospital it kind of just got left there effectively and he never brought it home from there so but, but i just think do you know what even if you didn't kill her like that is such a bad like i mean what an awful human to know that someone that you'd kind of briefly made friends with had been shot and you don't even try and help with the investigation. Yeah, you could have remembered something. Exactly, there could have been, if you are genuinely innocent and you genuinely know nothing about it, you are more help, surely, just going to the police and going, look, this is all I know and it might help. Surely anyone with like a brain would think like that. Anyone who's innocent of murder would probably that. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, but he's very convincing on the stand. He's very well, well to do, well turned out. He didn't falter with the story. He was cross-examined for hours. Um, and he came across very believable to the jury. Um, in terms of firearms evidence, I think the police had said that she would have had to have been shot from about seven feet away because there was no burn mark mm. on her skin um and the defense said that's i mean if that were the case the entry wound would have been larger the exit wound would have been larger 
the bullet would have traveled much further from the body than it did. Um, and that's, you know, she, she either must have been shot up close or, or something else has happened. Um, so that was sort of, that sort of completely discredited the police's kind of version, firearms evidence. Also the fact that it was, that he had the same caliber bullets as was potentially used to shoot her didn't mean anything because so did, you know, hundreds of thousands of other servicemen, yeah. And they're all, their bullets were made en masse. Yeah, like millions, yeah. Yeah. Um, where are we? We're nearly at the end. We are. Oh. So, in terms of motive, um, they couldn't really find one because in the past they didn't know that you can just kill people because you want to. Mm. They thought there really had to be some kind of motive um, and there was no, I can't remember the words they used, she wasn't um, dis, dis something like, you know, like some really sort of like polite not words. Not defiled, but like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that kind no, of... It didn't seem to be sexually motivated. No. Nothing stolen, so it doesn't doesn't appear to be a robbery. Mm. Um, so they're not... So the defence basically says, on what... Why would he... Why would he kill her? Like, what, what motive did he have? Mm. Um, and I think the prosecution intimated that it was... He, he was rebuffed. And that was... His. Yeah, but... Because let's be honest, that's not unheard of. Um, so. <laughs> Men <laughs> badly to a rebuffal? Surely not. Um, but this was a very, very good lawyer. And in the end, after all of this, um, Ronald Light was found not guilty. And, and that was it. Yeah. There's no new evidence that's come up since. Um, yeah. it's pretty much as much a mystery today as it was um, in 1919 we don't have uh, history though do we although did you hear about the letter yeah yeah go on so basically on. I mean I don't know how much truth there is in this it was uh, kind of suggested it was a myth that in the days after the trial um, when Ronald Light went back to um, the station to collect his belongings etc et um, Superintendent Bowley who he apparently got on quite well with in the lead up to the trial, um, sort of said to him as an aside, you know, I never sort of believed you shot her kind of thing. Um, and Ronald Light kind of went, oh, you know, you're a good man for saying that, um, but I, you know, can I tell you something as long as it stays between you and me? Um, so of course, anyone like would say, yeah. Um, and basically he kind of, there's this, letter that um, was written on paper that they've proven would have been around the time and um, this all happened of Ronald Light basically saying yeah I did shoot her I didn't mean to we were kind of messing around with the gun I was showing it to her I went to hand it to her not realizing it was still loaded and as I handed it to her she kind of had her hand outstretched too it went off and I shot her and um, she died instantly um, and I didn't kind of know what to do. I panicked and sort of fled the scene, basically. 
um, and it's signed by the superintendent Bowley, um, or Bow Bowley, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, um, and, but it's obviously never been signed by um, Ronald Light, so you don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's possible that, that he's, because, like, that he's showing off his gun, to maybe to impress or frighten her a bit, mm. and it was an accident. And one of the things the defence people said was that it was a stray bullet from a neighbouring field or something. And that, yeah, that because maybe, of a dead cry. Yeah, maybe that someone had shot the crow. Mm. And she just happened to be there, and as the bullet went through the crawl, it then hit her, which would account for the lack of burns to her face and the sort of small entry wound because it had already slowed down passing through a crow. And mm. um, I mean, the fact I, I think he probably did it either accidentally or on purpose, or a bit of both. You know, he was sort of trying to mm. convince her he was the one for her by waving a gun around. Um, and he didn't intend to kill her, maybe, but um, but he did. Um, and the fact that he was of much higher social class than her meant that he was found not guilty. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah, I think to be fair, that's kind of yeah what I settled on really early when yeah <laughs> you know even before like I'd finished doing all the research just as I was reading it was just like yeah and actually whether this com confession thing is real or not it does kind of make sense that potentially he didn't mean to but I still believe a hundred percent he shot her yeah um, and killed her yeah one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. There it is. That's the end of our green bicycle mystery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, if you were going to make this into a film, yeah. Where would you go? Would you go, um, so this is the kind of, this is this is what happened and um and the trial and you know all very kind of as it happened or would we add some kind of horror trope into it with like mysterious dead crows and i mean yeah like the dead crow is such a random and it could be like completely like a red herring yeah, I, I, think, I, think it, I think it was a crow. Ah, oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know, like, I feel like if we were to go down like a bit of a almost superstitious route, um, you could have more elements of the crow and like whether it was kind of, I don't know, can crows be a bad omen? Is a dead crow a bad omen? That kind of thing, or I don't know. Um, well, we have bad omen things happen to her um, from when she leaves her house in the morning. You know, she could accidentally, you know, break a mirror in the morning. Mm. Um, 
and as she as she leaves the house that you know something happens with her bike yeah. build up and this guy kind of helps her along the road and stuff and then um yeah a black cat crosses her path as she's walking under a ladder into you know we could have like a whole load of like weird yeah. kind of almost final destination-esque like yeah and you know something's things happening yeah. um, and then sort of set it up like a murder mm. then have the twist at the end be that it was like a stray bullet from just a shooting accident like from like yeah. Like we can see her be shot, and that can be like the first shot of the film. Like we see yeah. the bullet go in, and her go backwards, and like, and then we go from there to her waking up, and you know all of this stuff happening. Yeah. And then we can, um, at at the end as as I think we should make Ronald Light go to prison or be hanged for her murder, because that feels like justice because we think he did it at IRL I'm pretty sure you know IRL IRL um but in our fictional version like you know irony that he didn't yeah when we when we go back to that night at the end that he was 100% telling the truth ominous spirit thing has yeah like and we'll make a mockery of the it was just a stray bullet from a random field but then, you know, we'll we'll just we'll just see something like a bullet ricochet off a bell or something, and yeah, whom the bell tolls, and then, like, and then we're back to that shot. Yeah, like it, like little kind and then, of. And then we we see the spirit like move on to maybe one of those two girls. <sighs> yeah. And then they wake up in the morning, and smash a mirror, and it's like. OMG, it's starting again. Dramas. Think of that. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Yeah. And we like to make fun out of murder. We do. <laughs> and also, I think if we hang him or something, then we've done history some justice. Yeah. Because let's be honest. He did it. Yeah, he did it. Right, let's be honest, guys. Yeah, come on. Come on. Yeah. Do you know who I was thinking if you did a microcast for um, Bella? And I don't know if we've cast her before. Tiana Rogers. Tiana. Yeah. Good shout. Right age. Yeah. She's like, I thought I was like, like, oh, like yeah. a, bell, a bell of the village kind of. Yeah. Girl, isn't she? Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. And she'd love to get shot in the face. Not for real. But she'd love to have all. But she'd love the goal. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Either her or Holly. From Holly. Clinton. Holly Ann. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, both those guys would be. Yeah, or one could be one could be her, and one could be the next girl to set it up for the sequel. Yes, I love it. Who's going to be Ronnie Light, our um, gross, gross man? I don't think he was gross to look at. He just was gross. No, he just was not a nice human. Yeah. 
His moral compass was slightly off. Yeah, but he's posh. Yeah, so it makes it all right, doesn't it? Right? So I might cast Adam Williams from um, Slasher House, um, who you might not have met. He's in Hollower as well, the lead guy. Oh, no, I have met him. Yeah, the, the main guy in Hollower. He's the poshest guy I've ever met, other than maybe my brother-in-law. I he had was... a lot of wine, I'm not going to lie. I couldn't posh. tell you what he sounded like. It's from, it, well, it's, it's from the Isle of Man. He's not, it's from Wigan, but then... Okay. He, he, he spent a lot of his life on the Isle of Man. They're all posh there. How are they? Yeah, it's a tax haven. <laughs> you have to be a certain amount of posh to live on the Isle of Man. To live on the Isle of Man. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So he can be our posh, wealthy aristocrat who's getting thinks he's getting away with murder. But then And then doesn't. And then he didn't even kill her anyway. Ah, uh, sucks to be you. That's a good COVID shoot because that's not a lot of cast. It's not actually. For the most, for the bulk of the story. And then it depends. Are you going to do like the courtroom scene? Oh, because yeah. like all okay. of the reports are like, <laughs> there were thousands of people in the <laughs> courtroom. <laughs> yeah, there's loads, isn't there? Loads of extras for that. Although I bet Mike could do something clever where you just have like one person in the courtroom dressed differently and just like repeat them. Yeah, he'd love that. He loves stuff like that. He loves something <laughs> Fix it in post, Mike. And then like, the same person could be like the judge as well, just like whack a wig on them. Amazing. Yeah. Done. Yeah, it, and it'll all be me because I'll <laughs> yeah. <with> anybody else. <laughs> so, I love it. We've cast it. Do you say that you didn't do it? Yes, sir. I say I didn't. <laughs> and then I'll have all the characters. So we've got um, Tiana and Holly and Adam Adam and then everybody else is Anna hey. I love it except the ones that are you am I going to be some of the random You'll, you can be half of them and I'll be half of them okay that's cool mix it up a bit yeah <laughs> well I think we've successfully <laughs> absolutely slaughtered this case yep We've said all of our words wrong, and uh, but we got to the end in admirable style. As you did. I think we are. We'll be maybe looking to do a Christmas live thing. Um, That's exciting. So stay tuned for that because we'll need your help with how that case goes and casting it and stuff. Mm. and we might have to get drunk probably not though let's see how it goes um uh and until then you can you can catch up with all of the my cast podcasts and the gritty ruby re, gritty reboots which is um my husband and yours no just my oh, husband lewis um doing rebooting some of our favourite childhood things into a sort of gritty Chris Nolan kind of style. You can find all of that and more at www.myco.co.uk or wherever you can find podcasts. So until next time. Take care, everybody.